Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Let me start over again. <laughs> Take two. Take two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because this was, if I don't start over, this will totally mess up the video. The sound, I could correct that, but uh, uh, the video, you can't. Uh, okay, I was driving down the road, and, and there was these signs on the side of the road, little, little tiny signs, and, and, and one sign said, said, God will, and you drove it a little bit further, and it said, take back, and then the last, and you drove it a little bit further, and the last sign said, America. Put it all together, God will take back America. And I think, you know, in my mind, when I think about, okay, God will take back America, I know how that's going to happen. I know basically when that's going to happen, when Christ returns to this earth and sets up his kingdom. But I think in a lot of people's minds, they get maybe too deeply ingrained in a political arena where they think, okay, our man, our man in the White House is going to do just this. He's going to take, you know, that, that, that this is how it's going to be accomplished. Taking America back for God. Take back America. God will take back America. And, you know, it's, for example, here's a little picture I got off the internet. Here's evidence Trump is leading America back to God. And again, that, that reveals the political view of it. Uh, make America great again. Uh, God will take America back. And so, and, but you know, you think, okay, whose definition of God? Whose definition of, of religion? Is it the fundamental mainstream Christianity, Christianity with, with, with you know, maybe a Sunday observance, uh, uh, Christmas, Easter, Halloween, April Fool's Day, whatever, uh, Halloween in church? Uh, is, is this, you're, you're depending on whose definition of religion are we talking about? Now, and don't get me wrong. I, I, there's things that I did like about uh, Donald Trump. That you know, one that he was not a politician. Uh, another was that he was successful in business. And I think in any type of leadership, that's a huge quality to have to be successful in business. Because if you're just a paid politician, you don't really know anything. You, you're not even qualified to lead anything if you're just a politician. So there was there was qualities about him with all of his frailties and, and, and character flaws, but the idea that, that a person, a man, or just the right person in the White House is going to somehow take America back for God is um, it's a little bit extreme, let's say. You know, there was a, there was a song uh, about God. You know, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know, he's got the little bitty children in his hand. He's got the whole wide world uh, in his hands. And it's, it's, it's true. God will take back America. God will take back the whole world. God will take back Africa. He will take back the Mideast, America, Germany. He's going to do just that. Uh, but many efforts at Man's, man, excuse me, man's effort at making America great, man's effort at making the world great is lunacy, really, when you think about it. Uh, you think, okay, where's that at in the Bible? That through a collection of, of men, politicians, you know, whatever, uh, we're, we're going to make the world great. Where would you find that in the Bible? Especially 
if you consider what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said, if the Lord had not cut short those days, and he's talking about the days of the end time in which, uh, you know, many people believe that we are living in right now. But in, except Jesus cut short those days, the time frame of it, no one would survive. So how, what does Christ think about us solving our problems and getting it all together and making a utopian, you know, a, a form of government? But for the elect's sake, uh, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. He will intervene just in the nick of time. He will cut those days short. In other words, without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, mankind will self-destruct. Without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, mankind will self-destruct. And I don't know how many, if we talked about leaders of our nations, I don't know how many you could say, actually had the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I think maybe the Holy Spirit led certain decisions that they made, but as far as, as what we think of receiving the Spirit of God, I don't know how many of them have ever even had the Spirit of God. Uh, when will God take a, back America? And what, or the world, and what would it look like? More importantly, what, what, what will the world look like? What will America look like when God takes back uh, the world? Well, here, we'll go through a bunch of scriptures here of, of what it will look like. Zechariah 14 and verse 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. There shall be one Lord and his name one. Now, that, that's what it's going to look like when God takes back the world. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. Now, right there, now, there are more than 45,000 denominations globally. 45,000 bickering denominations who are arguing over maybe the color of the carpet. You ever wonder why you see, like, a Baptist church here and then a stone's throw, a, another Baptist church right beside it? Well, the reason is they disagreed on something, and it could have been something as important as the color of the carpet. I would say I'm just kidding, but I don't think I am kidding. <laughs> um, okay. What, what will it look like when God takes back the world? Isaiah 66 and verse 23. And it shall come to pass from one uh, new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. Okay, that's, that's what it's going to look like when God takes back the world. You know, we... This is not happening. We're not a Sabbath-keeping society today. It's, it's just the opposite. You know, the Saturday is the busiest day of people's lives. And, and so th this, this is what the world will look like. This is what America will look like when God takes back the world. It should come to pass. From one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all, notice that, all flesh Come to worship before me. That's what the world's going to look like. Zechariah 14, verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. Uh, again, we're dealing with, okay, when God takes back the world, when God takes back America, America what will it look like? This is not a suggestion. You know, right now God is saying, look, get used to your knees bending to, to observe, to keep my holy days. 
These are the feasts of Jehovah, which you shall proclaim during this season. Get used to it. Uh, your legs bending. Because when this day comes, God's going to break some legs in order to, you know, again, it, you know, you look at the word, from year to year to worship, they're going to come up. From year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to do what? To keep the feast days or the feast of tabernacles. Isaiah 11 and verse 9, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters covers the sea. You know, there is this expression, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. I sometimes think that as Americans, we are somewhat self-centered. We're, you know, it's, it's I mean, you have to admit, America, it, it's the good life. It's a good job. It's a good benefits, there's money to make, there's opportunities. And we forget sometimes that outside of, of sometimes our, 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 our greatness as a nation, there are people that are suffering. There are people that are starving. There are people, you know, that are little children getting blown up by suicide bombers. You know, it's, it's not a happy world outside of our little a cocoon that we live in in America and you know so you know sometimes we need to get our minds off of okay not just us in America God will make America great again or whatever but you know while the rest of the world suffers no we need to consider that uh, through Abraham and through obedience to Christ and eventually all nations of the earth are going to be blessed when Christ returns to this earth Here's a powerful verse, Isaiah 2 and verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations. Notice that. All nations shall flow into it. We're talking about what the world will look like when God takes it back. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the house to the house of God, to the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his way, and we will walk in his path, for out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among many, the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations, nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. What a beautiful picture. No more war, no more killing, no more murder. It says here, the law of the Lord is going to go out. That thing that sometimes you hear about from mainstream churchianity that is, you know, abolished and away with, fulfilled, nailed to the cross. It's not for us. It's old, co old covenant, whatever. That, that, that was the Old Testament, and it's none of it is for us. Okay, the law. And the word of the Lord is going to go out. What will the world look like when God takes it back? Well, this is part of it right here. The, you know, beating their plowshares into pruning hooks. I think it's interesting that I was watching a documentary one time about the invention of the tank, the weapon, the tank. And originally, it, it came from a tractor, a, farm, a piece of farm equipment. Equipment. You know, they took it and they said, how can we modernize, how can we build a weapon here? 
So that's where it was really originally take, uh, taken from. So we have taken farm equipment and turned it into weapons, and now we're going to take weapons and turn them back into farm equipment when Christ returns. So it comes full circle, I guess. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. And again, I think of people who just, they want to live in safety, they want, to live their, they want their children to be safe, and behold, they get killed by, you know, some, you know, a suicide bomber or something like that. It's a, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Peace. We're talking about peace, you know, in the last days. No more war, but peace. When God takes back the world, when God takes back America. These are just a set of scriptures that I, that I, from the Psalms that I, I wanted to give you. It just, it's powerful of, of what's coming. Of what's coming when God takes back the world. Psalm 66 and verse 4, All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Okay, Psalm 67 and verse 7, God shall bless us. All the ends of the earth shall fear him. Notice that. All the ends of the earth shall fear God. Psalm 72 and verse 8, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, from the river and to the ends of the earth. That's the power we're talking about. That's the government, the kingdom of God on this earth. Uh, Psalms 102 and verse 15, So the heathen shall fear, notice that the heathen shall fear thy name of the Lord, and the kings of the earth thy glory. When? When does this happen? Well, when God takes the world back. When God takes America back. Also, now it was in. It was a recent. Uh, it was actually a magazine back there, uh, Beyond Today. A very good article about the Great Reset. Maybe you've heard about that. Uh, it was a. It talking about the New World Order that's coming, a one world political entity that's coming, a global world order that is coming. And I think it's interesting that, that this great reset, this new world order, that let a lot of your former presidents were for this. You know, President Ford, uh, uh, George Bush was all for this. There was one president that wasn't for it. Guess who that was? <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it makes, sort of makes you think why he was hated so much. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this 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 great reset, this new world order, this political entity, this global world order. But in the book, and you can get you a copy of this magazine, I just thought this is, this is a quote from it beyond today. Our world is posed to see a change of power relationship in the coming years, perhaps in the very near future. The COVID-19 pandemic will likely be seen as the initial opening into, into this new world or this new world order. Interesting. Um, the book of Revelation describes the end stage of the coming great reset. The rise of a coalition of nations into a system the Bible labels as Babylon. The great reset is what happens in Revelation 17 well, we'll read this. We'll look, take a look at this. Revelation 17 and verse 12. It's talk, this is what it's talking about. This great reset. Um, and the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. 
These have one mind and shall give their power and strength or authority unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings and they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Now, as it pointed out in this article, the, the, you know, that, that's bad news, this great reset that, that, you know, this new world order is talking about. But there's another great reset. Uh, uh, God has his own reset. And it's, uh, I guess it's time when God takes back America, when he takes back the world. Uh, the seventh trump is what it's talking about. This is the real reset that we want. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You know, God hastened this day when this day will come. So the sign that I saw going down the road, God will take back America as if God at one time maybe owned America you know I'm, I'm sort of thinking that uh, now I do believe that that there was a time in our history that if you look at some of the quotes of our forefathers you know and I've used these in a former uh, a, a sermon not long ago but if we went back to the US Supreme Court 1892 it says this, our laws and our institution must necessarily be based upon the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. And in this sense, and to this extent, our civilization and institutions are emphatically Christian. Now, that, you know, that's, uh, there was a time in history, we've got to go way back, uh, when we were more focused on the great creator God in the building of this nation. Now you compare this to what the Supreme Court did in 1962, the year I was born, uh, what I call the start of the death of a nation, the year I was born. Wasn't, wasn't aware of that, but I thought, well, man, that, isn't that amazing? In 1962, the Supreme Court of the United States prohibited the saying of this non-denominational prayer in school. What, what, what was so bad about this prayer? Well, let's take a look at it. Here it is. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependency upon thee, and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our children, our teachers, excuse me, uh, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Man. Prohibited. Isn't that, you know, this should strike fear in our hearts when we think about this. The direction we've been heading. You know, I wasn't aware of this when I was born. 1962. I wasn't aware of this at all. You know, we've been going down the wrong road for a long time, you might say. But there was, you know, things that, like, okay, right here. We hold this truth to be self-evidence that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Excuse me. America has made, I believe, better choices with their freedom. And those better choices have equaled blessings for America. Better choices. Um, but by giving man choice, he also gives mankind enough rope to hang himself. And you might say we've, down through history, we've made a lot of bad choices. 
you know, there, we, we talk about, okay, God taking America back. And sometimes we, we overlook, or people, I think, overlook that, that there's all, as we look at our, our society, as we look at 6,000 years of the history of mankind, there's always been promiscuity, promiscuity, security. There's always been dysfunctional family systems. There's always been rape, war, incest, murder. It's always been around. You know, I think of the roaring 20s. I think of the 50s. I think of Elvis, you know, gyrating his hips where they wouldn't even, they would shoot him from the waist up. You know, and you think, okay, that was back in the 50s. Imagine what you see today. You know, I mean, just compared to what you would see today. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the 60s. Okay, the hippie generations. Uh, make love, not war. Uh, um, and, and if we think, if, we th if people think that God, you know, is up in heaven and just saying, well, I, I just love everything about America. No, God hates sin. I mean, he's always hated sin, no matter who's committing it. Um, you know, all you've got to do is, is just read the history of the Bible. You know, if you want a commentary on mankind, human nature doesn't seem to change, does it not? I mean, it just doesn't seem to change. Unless there is a miracle of repentance and receiving the Spirit of God, mankind doesn't change very much. It's just cyclical. It's the same old, nothing new under the sun. It's repeated down through history. Down for, for the past 6,000 years, it's been repeated. You know, we were reading, me and Teresa together, we was reading, uh, started reading through the Bible for the umpteenth hundredth time or whatever. <laughs> uh, but okay, we were reading through the Bible and we came across where Cain killed Abel. And, and I, I, I started thinking about that. You know, I mean, here we're, Basically, I mean, I know they had sinned and cast out of the garden, but I mean, basically, here were two good people, Adam and Eve, and, and they had walked with God, they had talked with God, and they had reared children. And I thought, what did they, how did they, how, what did that make them feel like, you know, that, that one of their sons killed the other? And, you know, it sort of just revealed to me, it doesn't matter how good. You do, at child rearing, you know, they could still go the wrong way. You know, no matter, how, you know, you can, you can do your best. And yet, and, and this is a prime example of that, 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 that they can turn out bad. Uh, and that's, that's sort of sad. What has America done? What have we done as a nation that is so bad? Well, Jeremiah 2 and verse 10 sort of tells us. It says, pass over the isles of Chittim and see the and sin unto Kedar, and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. Now, what is this thing that God is looking at? Well, here's, here's what he's looking at. Has the nation changed their God, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. What has America done? America has abandoned the abandonment of their God. You know, it was one minister said, you know, you know, pagan nations, they never change their God. You know, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, the worship, okay, the Indian, the worship of cows, don't get enough protein, you know, whatever, poverty stricken, living in squalor, they never abandon their gods. They don't abandon their gods. What has their gods done for them? Absolutely nothing. 
You know, and, and it, it makes me sick when you see in America, you'll see, you know, someone following some Indian guru, you know, showing us a better way, paying him thousands of dollars for some type of counseling. And you think, okay, that's fine, but what has their religion ever done for them? And then we look at America and we think, what has God done for us? And what have we done as a nation? Well, we've done what this says right here. Has a nation changed their gods, which are no, yet no gods? But my people have changed the glory for that, their, their glory for that which it does not profit. It goes on to say, be astonished, O you heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. And there it is, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. It is sad. It is so sad, the direction that we seem to be headed as a nation. <clears throat> when God takes America back, you know, I think about it. Has God ever had complete control over America or any nation? No. You know, he, he allows us the freedom to choose. And as we have done, the freedom to choose poorly. To choose poorly. You know, God says this. He's, and you know, he says, look, all the nations in the world are like one small drop in the bucket. <laughs> if the Lord took all the faraway far nations and put them on his scale, they would be like small pieces of dust. That's what God thinks of all the nations. <laughs> I want to uh, read you a letter I got recently from a friend of mine. His, his, na his name is Ron. He's from uh, Canada. And uh, I respect his biblical views. He's pretty intelligent and, and likes some of the stuff he sends me. He sent me this recently entitled, Is the USA Too Far Gone? Is America Too Far Gone? He says this, I think you'll find this interesting. He says, for decades, the churches of God of the worldwide branches have been saying the U.S. is too far gone and that the end is near. As a 71-year-old person of that tradition, I would like to believe the end is near, but there's too much evidence that the end is not near. Yes, there are many of the U.S. populations that are degenerate, but there still are more good people than evil people in the U.S.A. I'd have to agree with that. I would have to agree with that. The day will come when that is no longer is the case, and the end will come, but it will not be soon. So that should. Uh, so what should we be doing? Because they may be there may be more time than we expected. In every era, Jesus has been doing what he wants to do and leading those who are his servants. So if you are one of his obedient servants. Uh, ask him what he wants you to do and do it. It doesn't matter whether we are close or far from the end. All that matters is that we are doing his will in this present time. I am beginning to realize that, that, that I will not live to see Christ return. But even so, I am committed to doing what he wants me to do until my last breath. The apostles all thought Jesus was, doing, was going to return in their lifetime, but he didn't. When they began to realize that he wasn't going 
to, this wasn't going to happen, they started preparing the next generation to carry on. So they had the Gospels written, as well as they preserved the letters of the Apostles for the following generations. 2,000 years have passed since then. But the end has not yet come. Even so, I believe we are living in the end time that Daniel prophesied about, uh, about. But although we are near, we are still decades away, minimum of two, that would be 20 years, from the Great Tribulation. So if you are a true-filled spirit believer, don't be concerned about whether we are near or far from the end. Just be in tune with Jesus and do what he is leading you to do. Because you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> we must do what Jesus wants you to do. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good encouragement from him. I just want to share that with you. So with that, one more scripture of what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. And so, as the song that we sometimes sing, work for the night is coming. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.